Thanks for coming in, Mr. Mahoney. Do you have your member ID card? Yep, I have it right here in the FEP Blue app. See? Great. It's can I... awesome. The app can also help me find a provider and keep tabs on my deductibles. Okay, can I... Oh, yeah, and my out-of-pocket spending and visit limits, and I can call the nurse line. I'm really glad it does all that, but I only need to see your member ID card. Oh, that's it? Why didn't you say so? Fearless is just one tap away. With the new FEP Blue app from Blue Cross and Blue Shield, you can access your health benefits on the go. Download it now at fepblue.org app. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, we needed that, and uh, it was nice to uh, win it the way we did. I thought the team hung in there, and, you know, and after losing J.J., uh, which, you know, that's a downer, but uh, I thought the team stepped in and, and, and played well, and uh, I was quite, quite proud of them. That was Texans owner Bob McNair on the 27-20 win. The Texans go to 3-1 after a rough last 10 days, including, of course, the loss of J.J. Watt and that nasty nationally televised shutout put on by the Patriots. Welcome to Locked On Texans, your new daily source for Texans news and analysis. I'm your host, Robert Land. Some of you know me as co-host of the Houston Sports Talk podcast, my co-host for Locked On Texans, the Chronicle's Aaron Wilson, joins me shortly but before I bring in Aaron you'll hear from Osweiler on the quick start offensively and his continuing issue with interceptions however first let's hear from the surprise of the game tight end CJ Fedorowicz who had his biggest day in three years as a Texan coach O'Brien tried to downplay his new role this week as play caller but listen to Brock and CJ and see if you think things changed a little offensively. Coach O'Brien came up to me after, after before the game and a little bit this week saying we need, we need to play big this week. And uh, when he comes up to you, you know, that means a lot. And Coach O'Brien is known in the past to use the tight ends. And uh, today was his first time with the offensive coordinator spot. So hopefully it continues like that. When you look at the first two series of this game, uh, I think the biggest thing that really jumps out to you is, is we were kind of playing in a no-huddle mode. We weren't going extremely fast, but, I mean, we had, we had a good tempo, and that was something that Coach really talked about all week long. He really wanted to play with tempo. He wanted to put some pressure on Tennessee's defense to get lined up fast, have to make calls, um, and make coverage adjustments. So every single week, it's not necessarily like we're trying to get the tight ends involved or we're trying to get Hop involved or Jalen. There's just progressions on every single play. What is it like to watch Fuller's burst, his speed, like on that punt return. Oh, it's great. You know, it's like watching a cheetah just chase something down. It's, it's uh, fantastic. You know, just to see Will get the opportunity to truly utilize his speed in the open field. Um, you know, we were able to see it a couple times today, not only on the punt return, um, but there was a little screen pass um, where he made a tremendous catch. You know, I kind of had to negotiate the throw around a rack And to be honest with you, I thought the ball was going to be incomplete. Will did a tremendous job of going all the way down to the ground, scooping up the ball, getting vertical, and finding a little crease in there. So, um, you know, he's a heck of a player, and, and we've known that. Coming into the game, you talked about, you know, some of the decisiveness. And you had said earlier with the interceptions, you thought it was just, you know, maybe an accuracy thing. Today, a couple balls, and one of them looked like it was maybe forced a little. Bill yeah. said he'd like to review it. What do you think is happening with, when you are picked off? You know, I come up here, and, and every single week when I get to work and in practice, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I really feel like I'm going to play a clean football game. And I feel like I'm going to be able to stand up here in front of you guys and, 
um, kind of, hey, told you so, told you I could play a clean game. And then I go out there and I do, do something like that again today. And bottom line, it's not eye manipulation. It's not really poor reads. I think it's just poor decisions. It's poor decisions. The second interception um, was one of those deals where Tennessee's defense had a great scheme. Give them credit. They um, gave us a look in a blitz where I, where I was hot and I had to get the ball out. And, um, you know, I made a poor decision to try to force that ball down the field. If you look at the first interception, play action pass, I lose my feet in the pocket. I know better. I know I need to throw that ball away and, and live to fight another day. Time to analyze this thing with Aaron Wilson. And Aaron, first of all, the thing that sticks out more than anything is just what a difference it was in the play calling on Sunday with Bill O'Brien at the helm making the calls and you know you hear it a little bit from what Fedora Witt said he was going to use the tight end more he went up to him beforehand and said that's what he wanted to do and then you also hear it with Brock how it's a, the, the hurry up offense and they did a little bit more of that than they've been doing what did you see out there from the offense that was different under Bill O'Brien's helm well, a lot of elements were different Robert what they tried to do was increase the tempo and they did that by employing a no huddle offense they had a lot of energy during the first couple of drives and precision double tight end formations utilizing these guys ability to be a big target down the field especially CJ Fedorowicz they had an emphasis on screen passes to Will Fuller there were some you know intermediate shots but what I liked about what they did generally was, you know, they had a higher rushing average. The running game, they didn't use it as much, but it was effective when they did run. And they were less predictable. You didn't always know what they were going to do. And there was a flea flicker that was wide open, but Brock, uh, I think his arm got hit on that play. You know, there were some instances it could have been a lot better. I mean, we could, this could have been a, you know, probably not as close of a game if Brock Osweiler doesn't try to force the ball to DeAndre Hopkins and, he only hit him one time for four yards and didn't complete a pass to him until the fourth quarter and had a couple of interceptions throwing in his direction. So you take that away, which I think that's probably fixable uh, for them to be a little less obvious when you want to throw to DeAndre and set it up better. But to me, it was a big step forward for the offense, especially after being shut out by the Patriots and embarrassed on national television. This is at least a step in the right direction. If they can build on this, they could be a decent offense. Yeah, the three first drives of the game, the Texans score, touchdown, touchdown, and then field goal. One of the things that I noticed was they were throwing on first down more than they have been under Bill O'Brien's uh, play calling. Another thing that you know sticks out like a sore thumb is you mentioned Brock throwing the, throwing the two interceptions, and you heard what Brock had to say about it. Just an observation. I don't know what you think, but it seems like Brock Osweiler does a great job when it comes to finding Will Fuller. But with DeAndre Hopkins, he's trying to force the ball to him too much, and that's what's causing the interceptions. The interceptions aren't when he's throwing it to Will Fuller. They're when, they're th when he's throwing it to DeAndre Hopkins, and the guy's all over him. Right, and that's the thing you have to recognize. Sometimes DeAndre Hopkins will be covered, and it's not a good decision to throw the ball to him. And that's okay. Someone else will be open. And I think he just needs to be, make it more organic who he goes to through his route tree and his progressions and finding DeAndre Hopkins when it's the appropriate time. You can't just say, I'm throwing to DeAndre Hopkins 10 times and that's it, no matter what. If he's not open, you can't throw it to him. I mean, there's some situations we have where there's a nice chance to make a contested jump ball situation. Those weren't the ones. And they felt out of rhythm and out of sync. And I don't put that on DeAndre. I put that on Brock. I attribute those interceptions to him. And 
it's not like these are the you know, greatest defensive backs out there either. So, yeah, it's a little troubling. But I think with Brock, it's all, and this is kind of what I wrote about in the Sunday paper, this is his 11th career start. So even though he's 25 years old and he's in his fifth NFL season, it's like he's a rookie in the second half of his first year. So this is part of the growing pains, despite the fact that yeah, he's a $72 million guy and $37 million guaranteed and all of those things. And yeah, I think he has plenty of upside. He can play better, but he's not there yet. Let me ask you about O'Brien and the play calling and the one downfall of it on Sunday. And that was Bill O'Brien was distracted from some of his basic head coaching duties. And we saw this with Gary Kubiak where that was a problem. There was the play at the end of the half where they used a timeout. O'Brien didn't seem to know what he should do. They end up getting a delay of a game after a timeout because the field goal team wasn't on. I don't know if that had to do with O'Brien's play calling, but there was definite confusion. That's not what you want to see. And then there was late in the game where O'Brien admitted in the press conference, hey, I messed up. He should have challenged the play. And I'm wondering if that was Bill O'Brien not focusing on the big picture. Well, I think it's a very fair point. And what he's got to do, he has to focus on calling the plays because that's his number one job but he still has to run the football team what he's got now he's gonna have to lean on other people tell him when to challenge when to do this he needs more input and whether he got it or he didn't follow it or you know he just didn't get that input remains to be seen but I think you know he's having to adjust too it's his first game so it's a lot for him to handle and that's something that obviously can be improved. But, yeah, there were some clock management things. There was a few other things that just cropped up that wasn't smooth. And, you know, against a better team, you know, maybe that cost them a game. But, obviously, he didn't feel good about George Godsey being the play caller anymore. Otherwise, he wouldn't have taken over. Because he would have hated, obviously, he hated to do that to George, who's, you know, his protege. But he felt like for the good of the team, he had to do it. Where are you on the Texans' defense after game four? They look pretty good the first couple of games, but there has been a continuing issue, and that's run defense. And the Titans seem to have a fair amount of success. I mean, they've got a great running game. Let's not, you know, let's not be, uh, you know, shy about that. But also, the Texans' rush defense was 25th in the NFL coming into this one, and they didn't have the greatest game. But luckily, they did, the Titans didn't break off that big running play that you know could really kill you. Right, and I think what you've seen there is they're a little vulnerable. And Brian Cushing, it's his first game back. There aren't a lot of really big plays by anybody in the front seven. There's Jadavion Clowney, the one sack. I mean, yeah, they're going to miss J.J. Watt as a run stopper, not just as a pass rusher. And the defense, right now, it just looks like it's a slightly above average defense. It doesn't look like a great defense at all. I think they have the makings of being one with a healthy J.J. Watt. Without him, it's different. And... You know, there's a lot of potential with Jadavion Clowney, Whitney Merciless. They make some nice plays, but they're going to have to get a lot of other people. You know, John Simon needs to do what he was doing earlier in the year. They're going to get a bunch out of Brian Cushing. Bernard McKinney's going to have to blitz more. I mean, I think that they're going to have to be a little more freewheeling than Romeo Cornell was today to have much of an impact or, and be a defense that's not just sort of a stay-home, safe kind of defense. What about these cornerbacks? Because I'm almost to the point, and I don't, I don't know if this is uh... – maybe just um, after this game or a couple of games, but just watching Joseph and Kareem Jackson out there, they're starting to look older and not quite as quick and not staying with guys as well. I don't know if the, the play 
uh, early in the game was Kareem's fault where he gets beat deep on, on that, that play. That to me. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't know if the, I don't know what, what's going on, but it seems like Boye is maybe the Texans' best cornerback right now. Is that right. fair? I think that's fair. I think AJ's playing really good football. He prevented a touchdown and passed to Delaney Walker in the end zone. He's much more aggressive. He's more physical. Jonathan Joseph does look like a little older, like he's sort of showing his age. Kareem, I mean, he's not old. He's just, I don't know if he's in the best shape this year. I'm not sure what's wrong with him, but you know, he kind of messed up his hamstring, and it's not that bad, he says, and he'll be back for the Vikings game. But they seem better with Boye. It seems like Kevin Johnson's playing better football than the two older corners. Maybe Boye and Johnson really are their best corners. And I know that they have a pecking order, and you know, they have a lot of money in Joseph and Jackson, but... If they're not the best corners, then you've got to put the best guys on the field. And that would be a big adjustment if they were to make those changes. I don't think they probably are. They'll probably just keep, keep it the way it is. But Boye deserves to play even more. He's been that effective. We've got to talk about Will Fuller because he just you know, continues to have one great game after another. The hiccup in New England where we didn't see him much. But you know, the punt return, uh, he catches a touchdown, another big play on the screen pass. Lots of great things out of this guy. Uh, he's been exceptional, and I guess my question is, Will Fuller, <laughs> he, one punt return, one touchdown, shouldn't we see more of this guy back there? Right, yeah, I mean, obviously they need to continue to use him to make big plays because without him, you know, this team isn't the same. You know, he's really become an impactful player. And if they could ever get him and DeAndre Hopkins going at the same time, maybe this is a dynamic offense. But his 4-2-8 speed is not the only thing about him. It's his intellect. It's the way he studies. Uh, like Bill Brown was saying, he's a humble, hardworking kid. I think that he's pretty unassuming. He's kind of shy in the interviews. He doesn't really promote himself much. But uh, when he's on the field, he's electric. And I think that they have a big future with him. This is looking like a really like a home run of a pick. C.J. Fedorowicz, what got into this guy? This was... His best game that I've seen as a Texan, as a pass catcher, the, the pa- catch in the end zone was fantastic. Great throw, by the way, by Brock Osweiler. That, that's not going to get as much credit, but that was a perfect throw by him. But Fedorowicz, if you can get th- these kind of games out of him, then your offense is starting to show some different dimensions. You've got some different things that you can do out there. And Steven Anderson was kind of the talk early on. He, he's hurt, but Fedorowicz, you know, he can do some things out there. He's always had the physical talent he had in high school. Headed Iowa, he has never really put it all together. And I've always felt like he was an underrated option as a pass receiver because of his size. You know, he's almost like a Rob Gronkowski in terms of just stature and weight. And he got in really good shape this offseason. He did yoga. He stretched a lot more. He improved his diet. He did a lot of things, and he still wasn't being used much. And I think Bill O'Brien recognized, hey, Let's get some things going with him. Let's diversify this offense a little bit, and that's the end result. Texans three and one, Aaron. I mean, this is on pace to go twelve and four, but I, you have to slow your roll because they they did play three of their first four games at home. And but you know, what, what do you think going forward? Can they do this without JJ after what you've seen today and what you've seen so far this season with the defense, the offense, maybe? better than we were giving it credit for after the New England disaster. But the defense, I don't know where they are at this point. I don't know if it's a, the defense is good enough to, to keep you in games and the offense is good enough to continue to do this type of thing. But I definitely feel like Bill O'Brien's got to stay calling plays. I feel like we're going to know a lot more about them once they play a team like the Colts and the Jaguars and kind of see 
where they stack with some of the other teams. But to me, you look at how they could be, you know, where they could be at the quarter pole of the season, they got to feel pretty good about it, being 3-1 and one and, you know, just having the loss to New England. And, you know, they're going to find out a lot about the depth of their talent without J.J. Watt on defense. I mean, the defense, I feel like that could go in either direction. I'm not really so sure about them right now. But, you know, I think they have a chance to be okay. I'm just not sure about them. I'm actually feeling a lot different about the offense right now and their chances for being good. I was sort of, like, getting to a point where I was like, well, I don't think they're going to be very good at all. And now I'm starting to feel differently after what I saw today. It will be nice to have Dwayne Brown back uh, Right, yeah, Dwayne, Dwayne expects to be back. I think that's my expectation, too, that, as he said after the game, big possibility, expects to be back on the field pretty soon. And, yeah, I think that it's going to be against the Vikings. And that probably will help them a little bit because you saw Chris Clark give up a sack, have a holding penalty. I think that Dwayne will add something. Obviously, he'll have some rust to knock off, but eventually he plays his way into shape, and you know, then maybe this is a better run blocking team and pass blocking as well. Chris Clark and Derek Newton looked a little scary out there at the tackle position a lot. Shaky, yeah. They've got to play better. I don't know if Derek it can play much better, but this is, you know, it's not like it's just to a point where Brock can't operate, but yeah, it does disrupt a lot of plays and they've got to play better. I don't know if they can. I mean, that might be what their level is. Well, let's wrap things up. Uh, we're going to join you again on Tuesday. Don't miss us every single day, Monday through Friday on Locked On Texans. If you want your fantasy fix, go to Locked On Fantasy. If you want your Rockets fix, they're already starting preseason games. So you want to go check out Locked On Rockets with our friend Ben DuBose. You want to subscribe to us? We're on iTunes. Look for us on all the places where you find your podcast on a regular basis. Thanks so much for joining us, everybody. A happy Sunday for the Texans. Now 3-1, 27-20 again, the final Texans over the Titans as the Texans continue to lead the AFC South. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Get out of here.